Well, I'm excited this morning to be bringing, well, actually, I got like some news. Tomorrow, we start the church parking lot, everybody. So excited. I don't know. It's like getting worse and worse out there. And because we've been digging trenches to have electricity and lights. And we just want you to know as a church that our number one priority is the safety of the church people that walk across that parking lot. Amen. A woman could trip and fall on her heels or an elderly could fall or a single mama with all her little ducklings following her. So our number one priority is that we keep that, that safe. That's the reason why we are doing that. Amen. And it's going to look so pretty. I always say it's like lipstick on a woman. It's like the finished product, amen? (laughs) But okay, so we're going to get into the Word this morning, and I'm super excited. And I've been talking about being atmosphere carriers of the presence of God. And if you haven't been able to listen to all the teachings, I just really encourage you to jump online. They're 35 minutes long. You could do it in a car ride. And just get the fullness of this message in your spirit. And you can go back and re-listen to it because God can show you something that maybe you didn't catch in a service. So I just really encourage you to do that, make it your Bible study, you know, make it your weekly, just dive it into and go deeper. But um, I'm going to be moving still this topic, but the Lord really put in my heart to teach this. It's called Cultivate Revival Atmosphere. And I want our church to really get positioned and ready for revival. And I think as a mindset we have, especially as charismatics, we have an idea of what we think revival is. I've I've been fortunate to live through a couple revivals, and I'll share them with you shortly. But revival is not just a, a church full of believers coming together for great church. Now, is that awesome? Yes. And will God move? Yes. But we want to create this revival atmosphere as Christ followers so that the lost can come in and get saved. Because revival creates the tangible manifestation of God. So I don't want just an emotional experience coming into church, amen? That's awesome, but that only lasts just a minute. I need more, more than emotions when I, I need, is that mic going out again? Pray, everybody. Bind the devil. Just kidding. Why don't you give me that handheld? Anyway, let's, let's get back to where we were. So what the presence of God, an atmosphere of revival does what? It creates the tangible presence of God. That means if we need somebody who needs a creative miracle in their body, they can come in the atmosphere of revival and that miracle is going to take place. Somebody can walk in, in or come in in a wheelchair or a cane and because of the revival atmosphere in the church, it will manifest the miracles of God. That person can get out of that walk, that chair and begin to walk in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the kind of miracles that I believe God is releasing on the earth today. But as Christ followers, we have to create this atmosphere of revival in our personal life so that we can give that atmosphere away. So let's talk about that this morning. People, Christ followers, cannot create revival. Listen, there's nothing we can do in the natural to make revival happen. We can pray, and we can worship, and we can do all these things, but it's not my much praying that's going to move the hand of God. When God decides to move in revival, he will do it by his spirit when he's ready. When the people are ready, when the church is ready, when the city is ready. So we can do all that we know to do, but we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to release the spirit of revival. I believe in America, we have really good church. Come on, somebody. We have really good church, and we had awesome worship today, and we're only going to have better awesome awesome worship as as the months go on. And that's going to set this atmosphere for the miracles of God. So we've got to change our mindset that coming to church is not just about me getting 
getting a good presence or word from God. It's about me coming in with the atmosphere of revival, which is the miracles of God, right? Which is people being saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. When we come in with that expectancy, what begins to happen? The atmosphere is ready for those who come in, out from the world, into the church, and get set free. But we have to be willing to what? Set that atmosphere. Amen? We have to cultivate that atmosphere. Why? Because revival is welcomed in the house of God. And we have to be willing to open up our hearts to welcome this revival. When I was very young, I, I came on the heels of um, the Jesus movement. I know, does anybody remember the Jesus movement? If you're older than me, you might if you were in the kingdom. But it was an incredible move of God where people wanted to be to church. People didn't have 15 options of where to go to church. They went to their church. They brought their friends and family to their church. They brought their coworkers to their church. Church in that season was hot. It was on fire. You had to wait outside. Sometimes the line was an hour long to get into church to see if you could get a seat. That is revival. We have not seen revival like that in so long. And what was happening? People couldn't wait to get to the house of the Lord. People couldn't wait to get into worship. Even after service, we'd be sitting along the altars for an hour or two after services. The janitor would have to come and kick everybody out. Not because emotions were flying, but because there was true repentance of the Holy Spirit. Because there was a true desire to want to be in the presence of God. We cannot manufacture that. We cannot make that happen. That has to come by the presence of God. But as we as Christ followers, if we're preparing our hearts now for this move of revival, if we're carrying this atmosphere of expectancy for revival, God will begin to move by our faith and open up this city to have a revival it's never seen before. But it's going to, it's going to lean on the believers getting revived first carrying this atmosphere of expectation. Amen. We need God's presence and power to invade every one of us. We need God's presence and power to invade our families, to invade our churches, to invade our city, to invade our nation. We need the power of the Holy Spirit like we've never needed him before. Amen. And I have such expectancy for what God's going to do. This is what revival means. I want you to look at this definition. Revival is this. It's an improvement in the condition or strength of something. An improvement in the condition or strength of something. I believe we as Christ's followers need to get our strength back in serving God. Getting our hearts conditioned to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Getting our hearts conditioned to hear the voice of God. Be willing to say, Lord, search my heart, O God, and make it ever true. Search my heart, O God, and make it more like you. If we are allowing the Holy Spirit permission in our hearts and in our lives to strengthen us again, to get us on fire once again, to burn with revival, burn to see the people saved, burn to see people healed, that revival will begin to burn in our hearts and be birthed forth into this city. But we've got to allow that, amen. We've got to open up our hearts to say, Lord, here am I. Change me. Excite me again. Bring me back to my first love again. Bring back my hunger for the word of God. Do you know you can't even make yourself hungry for the word of God? 
Because your flesh doesn't want the word of God. Your flesh doesn't want to worship. So we have to be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Make me hungry again. Let me desire your word. Discipline my flesh so I'll get in the word of God, so I'll get into worship, so I can create this excitement of revival in my family and in my life. I believe this city is going to see something it hasn't seen in a long time. And I believe Faith Builders is getting positioned and ready for this move of God. We have to be in position. And that's why I'm teaching it in advance because we're not seeing revival yet. We're not seeing this move of God. But we want to be ready when the spirit of the Lord shows up. We want to be able to receive and know this is what God has said and we're going to run the race of faith. Amen. When the runner gets ready to get the baton, they just put their hand back and get ready. They just get ready. God is saying, get ready. Get ready. Listen, get ready. Those who are positioned and ready will hear the voice of God. They'll hear the clarion call of the Holy Spirit. Churches who will be willing to open up and say, Holy Spirit, have your way, will begin to excel in this season. Amen. And church isn't going to look like a church we know. I don't even know what it's going to look like. All I know is going to be the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And the world's going to come in, and they're not going to feel pushed out. We're not going to have to be secret sensitive to the world. They are looking for the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. They are looking for power and truth. Amen. And if the church is in this cute little box doing church really good, we will never win the world to Jesus. Because religion wants a little box. Religion wants things squeaky clean, but the world is looking for power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The true God. Listen, you can't give away what you don't have. If we don't have a revival mentality in this season, we cannot pass it on. There's a generation that is waiting for this season of the church to rise up in power and authority and in demonstration. And we can't give it away if we don't have expectancy of the revival in our own personal life. Amen. Allowing God to open up. You have to have the atmosphere in you in order for it to be poured through you. You have to have the atmosphere of revival in you before it can move through you. And you can go back and listen to the last couple weeks. It's not about our self-worth. I can feel it as I'm preaching right now. You don't feel worthy. You don't feel like you're spiritual enough. But that is not the qualification. It is saying, I am a vessel, God. Here I am. I'm going to stir up the winds of revival in my spirit. I'm going to pray in tongues every day for five minutes. I'm going to set my stopwatch, and I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to build up my faith. I'm going to build up my expectancy so that I can see God move through my life and through my church and to reach this world for the harvest that is longing to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. If we ever needed a real bona fide revival of God, it's right now. Amen. Amen. It's right now. And we need to have a heart's cry, Lord, bring revival to our city. Bring revival to my heart. So let's look at Habakkuk this morning, chapter 3, verse 2. Prior to chapter 3 and verse 2, it was doom and gloom message. It was despair. We are living in a time where things seem so doom and gloom. Everything's being challenged in this world, everything that we know. But in verse 3, how many know God always has the anchor of hope for your soul? Whatever you're facing in this life, God has an anchor of hope for you in the word. So in Habakkuk 3, he said, yeah, all this is happening in in the world at that time, but God shows up. And he says this, let me uh, go to this translation, NIV. Lord, I have heard of your fame. 
Can any of you think back in your life and relationship with God that God has showed up on the scene? You've had a miracle. You've had a breakthrough. You got saved. You've maybe been a part of a move of God. But it's not enough to just hear or know what God used to do. We need God to show up today. I don't need to just talk about the good old revivals of the old days, and I've been studying them, and they're so powerful. But, God, I have heard of your power. I don't want to just hear of it anymore. I want to see your power, God. I want to see your demonstration. I can't wait for the day that somebody walks out of a wheelchair in this church. Listen, it's going to happen. People are going to be healed. It's going to be creative miracles. Demons are going to come out of people. I'm telling you, the manifestation of the power of God is coming. And that's why the devil is fighting so hard to bring chaos and confusion to this world in every arena. Between races, between political stances, between church beliefs, you name it, the enemy's brought division in it. And we as Christ followers have to rise up and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to give attention to the things that's going to divide. I'm going to revive my own spirit. I'm going to get on fire with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to stay focused in where God wants me to see. And that's the kingdom, and that's souls, and that's loving my brothers and sisters who are different. I can love you if you think different. I can love you if you vote different. I can love you if you like the flag, if you don't like the flag. When you come into the kingdom, all of that is outside the door. We come in acknowledging Jesus as our Savior. The church is too distracted now, fighting, fighting, fighting for what you believe. Let's fight for the word of God. Let's fight for our risen Savior. Let's fight for revival. Let's fight for souls to be one to Jesus. Let's fight for the sick to be healed. Amen. Drug addicts to be delivered. We have something to fight about, but the devil has us looking this way instead of looking unto Jesus. Amen. Time for the church to wake up. Wake up. Let's not be deceived. The world don't know better. They don't have an answer. The lost don't know. All they can do is be pulled with the winds of life, but we have the anchor of the word of God, and he is my hope. There's, there's doomsday preachers out there right now. There are prophets that are speaking things that are doomsday, end of the world, and the church is, you know, going down the tubes, and the church better do this, and it's critical, and it's negative. But I'm telling you, we are not living in that season of the church. The church is the glory of God. It is the robe of his glory. God is going to cause his church to shine like we've never seen before in generations. He's going to raise up his church in his glory with power and demonstration. So if you're going to listen to anything, get to preachers, get to prophets that are speaking the kingdom of God is now. Revival is now. Deliverance is now. That's the hope of the word of God. Anything that makes us critical, fearful, judgmental is not the voice of God. Because God would never lead us down that road. This is his church. This is his bride. He loves his bride. He would lead you into forgiveness and repentance and understanding one another and patience with one another. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So Habakkuk 3.2, did I get through all that? Okay. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in all of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. Amen. Repeat them in our day. We heard all the, the miracle things that God did in the Old Testament. I want to see them today. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. This is a beautiful prayer from a man of God who was living in a time of doom and destruction who cried out to God and said, I remember who you are, God. And this needs to be our heart's cry. In the midst of wrath or judgment, you're going to revive us and you're going to release your mercy. 
to this nation. And this nation needs mercy. Amen. I love this quote I found from William Booth, who is a revivalist. And I'm only going to read the first part of it. But he said, we must wake ourselves up. Isn't that the truth? We've got to wake ourselves up. You come into here and I get you once a week and it's awesome, but it's not enough for me to challenge your spirit and stir you up and give you the word of God. You've got to wake yourself up. That means i got to get up tomorrow when I'm in a mood, when my flesh don't feel like it, and i got to put my feet on the ground and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going on. He's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. That's revival. When you are personally revived, you don't bow down to the emotions of the world. You don't look at the circumstance. It may shake you a little bit, but you're going to stand on the firm foundation of the word of God. And when you can do that, you know you've been personally revived. Amen? But we're getting, we're getting blown with the world. We're getting blown with circumstances. And Christ followers, we got to stand firm on the word of God. Ephesians says when you've done all the stand, I'm going to stand. And tell things are going to try to get you to stop standing. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to post something. I don't know what it is, but the devil knows what you're going to see. And he'll make sure you see it. And he's going to try, you to try to cause you to lose your stance. And you're going to say, uh-uh, I'm not going to be moved. I am anchored in the word of God. Me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. That's revival. I'm not going to bow down to my emotions. I'm not going to bow down to circumstances. I'm creating an atmosphere of revival. And listen, if you have children, your children sense that atmosphere. They know. They know the faith or they, need the, they know the discouragement in the house. When my parents weren't saved and then they got saved, I didn't understand that. I was young. I think I was five, maybe four. I think I was four. But I remember walking into my home after my parents got saved and I just looked around my house like, like I kept thinking, what's different? And I went, I swear to God, I went to every room and I thought, I wonder if they have a new, is that a new bed? I was a little kid. And I walked from room to room trying to identify what was different about my home. But what I didn't understand, it was the presence of God came in my home. Your children know that atmosphere of revival. They know the atmosphere of hope, amen. So when you walk in that door, no matter what you're facing, you can step into God in every situation. See, when someone knows that revival, you carry it. When you walk into a room, you change the atmosphere of that room. You change the atmosphere when you show up at the job. Your job just got blessed because your feet touched that foundation. That's not pride. That's saying he is with me. I have God in me. I'm creating an atmosphere for you all to be blessed, so you better be good to me. You better be nice to me because I'm creating an atmosphere for you to be touched by the presence of God. Amen. That's, that's the authority of the believer. I don't have to walk in in chaos and be chaotic. No, I can walk in the peace of God, walk right through that crowd. Remember when Jesus, they were, was it Jesus, they were trying to, who was it, they were trying to stone, and Jesus just walked right through him and went to the other side. That's what happens when you're in Christ. You just walk right through the chaos. Why? Because I know God's in me. I know God's going to take care of everything. Amen. 
So awake us, O oh God. Shake off my unbelief. Shake off my disappointment. Shake off my offenses. Amen. Shake off apathy that I can arise and be who God's called me to be. Let's look at this really quick. I'm going to give you a couple definitions in scripture about revival. In Psalms 80, verse 18 through 19, this couple little verses has so many amazing nuggets in it. So I'm going to break it down so that you can see it clearly. The first part of this verse, this is the prayer for restoration. They had lost everything and they desired for God to give it back to them. And in verse 18, then we will not turn back from you. What does that mean? Keep reading. It says revive us. When you have reviving on the inside of you, you will not turn your back from God. What does that mean? No matter what I'm facing, I'm not going to backslide. Whatever I'm facing, I'm not going to move. That means move away from God. When you know God is reviving you, you can stay positioned no matter what situation you're facing. Somebody could offend you. Somebody could do you wrong. Whatever the situation is. But I have God in me, so I don't have to go backwards. I don't have to backslide to the world anymore. Listen, I am not a sin-conscious preacher because I don't believe in that. But I believe we are coming to a time in the kingdom and revival that God is calling us to repentance. Not sin conscious, but a repented heart that says, here I am, God. All that I am is yours now. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to my flesh. The things that the Holy Spirit's convicting me of, I'm not going to turn a deaf ear to it. I'm going to respond in obedience and say, yes, Lord. Whatever I got to do to follow you, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow Jesus. Listen, I've had to make some tough decisions following Jesus that was not easy for me. And I thought when I got saved, like I told you before, I'll have a, you know, super Jesus cape on and everything feels good what God's calling me to do. But there are things that God calls you to do that are painful. There's things that God calls you to walk away from that has been destructive to you that God says, that's got to go now. I love you. You came in my grace, but that's got to go now. Amen. That's a person who is being revived. I'm not going to go back, God. This revival we're coming into is going to be an increase into the kingdom, not an exiting out. Prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home in this revival. The Lord showed me they're coming back home. But the Christians that are just tampering in, in, in areas that the God's dealing with, God says, mm -mm, I need you to follow me. I need to revive you. That means bring you back to life again. That word revive is so awesome. It also means this, to um, revive you from sickness, from discouragement, from fakeness, and from death. That's a resurrecting on the inside of us. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've been discouraged that God didn't show up. Maybe God didn't meet your need or God didn't give you the thing you were praying for and you find yourself discouraged. God needs to revive you and bring you back to life again. Amen. We can't hang on to those things of the past that's why Jesus said, don't look to the past, but keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. All right, let's keep going. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us. And what will happen? We will call upon your name. See, when God revives us, when we get on fire for God, what's going to happen? We're going to call on the name of Jesus. And you know what that word call means? If you look it up in the actual definition, it means to proclaim the Lord. 
See, when we are on fire for God, when we have been revived again in our spirit, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not afraid to share our faith with someone else. We know that God is going to be on our side. But what happens is we live this little Christian life, come on somebody, and we go home and we do our life and it's cute and we come back to church and we've passed 100 people that need the hope of Jesus. And because we're not revived and it's not our fault, we need God to revive us again, amen. We need God to revive us. And when you do, you will proclaim Jesus. You will share your faith when the Holy Spirit calls upon you. You'll be willing to pray with someone when the Holy Spirit calls upon you. Because there's something inside of you that says, I have to do it. And I can't stop it. Why? Because I'm revived. I've got revival in me. And I don't know if my prayers are going to work. None of that's not my responsibility. But I have to be obedient to the voice of God. So you're going to proclaim Jesus. That word call means to invite when we're excited, we invite our friends to church. When we're excited, we invite our coworkers to hear the truth and to receive prayer. There's an invitation that goes forth. It also means to utter a loud sound. Amen. Which we did this morning in worship. You guys are worshipers. It's so awesome. Revival makes us shout. Amen. Makes us get our faith up there. We are bold for Jesus. Let's look at Isaiah. Uh, did I finish that? No, restore us, verse 19. Restore us, O Lord of hosts. Cause your face to shine. What is that? Look at the scripture verse that we were reading. He's reviving us. We're going to shout his name. And then what happens? God causes his face to shine. What does that mean? His glory fills the temple. The presence of God comes. And when the presence of God shows his face, what happens? Miracles. Healings deliverances, salvation. People can walk by this property, literally, if there's an atmosphere of revival, they can walk by our property and be touched by the power of God. They can walk in that parking lot and be touched by the power of God. They don't have to have one, one little key yet, but because of the atmosphere has been opened up that we want miracles, we don't want cute church, we want a move of God, and when that is out there, the atmosphere is opened up and people's lives are changed forever. People don't just say a good prayer. They don't just receive, I say this prayer, repeat after me, and it's awesome. Everybody should have an opportunity, every chance we can to receive Jesus. But we don't want just prayers. We need transformation. I don't want somebody walking out of here thinking that they got it all because they said these little words that they didn't understand. We need a tangible change in people's hearts. Amen? That's revival. Who's ready for that? I am so ready for that. Revive us. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Glory to God. Let's look at another scripture verse. Isaiah 57, 15 says this. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. This is God. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite or repentive and humble spirit to revive the spirit and the humble and to revive the heart of the contract contrite one. What is that saying? God wants to revive our hearts. He wants to revive us. He wants to bring us back to life again. Amen. He wants us to be excited about the kingdom and the things of God. And those are ones who are remorseful and who are not prideful, but are humble in the presence of the Lord. God will show his mercy. Amen. But our prayer needs to be, God, revive me. And I believe you guys are being revi revived. We have a church that is being revived. But this is a message that we need to hang on to for God to continue to allow our focus to know why we're here as a church. 
Why is Faith Builders here? To be carriers of the atmosphere of God. For signs, wonders, and miracles. And people to be saved from hell. That's our goal. Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 3. This is so powerful. Isaiah 6. I'm going to flip over there really quick. Got my cute little tabs here. I guess I'll read it from the screen. <laughs> it says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You have got to see the glory of God here on earth. It is not just a place in heaven. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God is high and lifted up, and his glory fills the temple of God. And where his glory is, there is miracles. Amen. We need the glory of God. Above stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. I cannot wait to see that creature in heaven. It's got to be so majestic. And one said to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The glory of the Lord fills the temple and it floods the earth. We are not seeing the glory of God like we need to see in the church today. We are not seeing the manifestation of God yet. But he says he stood before the seraphim. And you know what the seraphim means? To set on fire. So when we allow God's glory to fill the church... Right To fill this earth, he will set us on fire. And all it takes is a little spark to get a fire going. It just takes one person to say, I'm going to manifest revival in my life. And you watch this whole area get contagious for Jesus. I said in first service, you know, Paul and Silas, they went side by side in, in missions together. It only took two men to change a region. Two men. They went two by two. They changed regions. Not just a little city, not just a little church. No, they changed the whole region for Jesus because they understood the power and the presence of God. Can you imagine what a church will do for a community when we get on fire and expect revival? Amen. We need to be believing for it. We need to see it. And we need to say it. Revival, revival, revival. I want you to look at this in Genesis 1-2. I don't have it on the screen because I actually came across it this morning and it just leaped in my spirit. But this is the very beginning of creation. I want you to hear these lines. Genesis 1-2, the earth was without form or void. We're living in a time in the world where it seems like the earth is void. The earth has no real structure. We don't know where it's going. What's happening? When are we going to open up? What's going to happen with the, you know, the election in November? There's real no order in this confusion. It's the culture. Then he goes on to say, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. We have a spirit of darkness that's been released on this earth. A darkness of despair. A darkness of death. A darkness of division. There is a spirit of darkness and we know the enemy has a plan. But if you keep reading, it says, and the spirit of God was hovering. When everything looks doom and gloom, when it looks like, how's it going to happen? Where's the miracle going to take place? The Holy Spirit is hovering. He is here. God is not wringing his hands. He has a plan. And he is right in our life. And if we can have that expectancy, he will show up. He's looking for saints that will say yes to him. Remember, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so he, he hangs back. 
He waits for the invitation. He says, you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. He's waiting for that first response. He's not going to bully in your life, but he is when you show up. He'll show right up in your presence, amen. God is hovering with revival in our lives and in this city. We need to contend for that revival, amen. We need a reversal of the evil that's here on earth. And we need that power of the Holy Spirit to show up in our lives personally, in our churches, in our businesses, everywhere we go, we need revival. And when is revival? Right now. Right now. We are in revival if we allow ourselves to open up to the truth of God's word. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Next week we'll get into... Uh, more of what revival looks like and how do we get there. We're going to get into some details about that. So, Father God, I thank you today for your presence. I thank you for your power, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that this church is in your time and in your seasons. I thank you, God, that you open the doors of this church and let the floodgate come in, Lord God. I thank you for the lost in the north, south, east, and west of our church. Let them come forth in Jesus' name. Father, we call forth this, the prodigal sons and daughters to come home in Jesus' name. Those that have lost their way, God, those that have abandoned their faith, bring them back to the house of the Lord, Father God. Holy Spirit, go forth. You're hovering. Holy Spirit, go forth. Bring them home. Bring them home, God. Let them find their path in their way. Bring our, our loved ones and our family members to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you have family members who need Jesus, we just come into agreement right now. In the name of Jesus, when I am saved, my whole household shall be saved. And we decree that promise, God. Their family members, their sisters, their uncles, their grandparents will come to the name of Jesus. They will bow their knee, God. They will submit their lives, Father God. And I thank you that everyone here, they're living examples of your power and your glory, Lord God. And they have an expectancy for you to move in their life. Show up, God. I thank you, God, that you stir us up in the only way that you can do, God. We can't manufacture, in a, manufacture by our emotions, but, God, we can stir ourselves up by the Holy Spirit. And we do that, God. We stir ourselves up. Thank you. Thank you that this North Phoenix belongs to you, God. Thank you that this territory, this ground belongs to the kingdom of God. And the fruit will come forth, God. The laborers will arise to do the harvest and bring them in, Lord God. We release that and we pronounce that over this church. And anyone who needs Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, now is the time to say, yes, Lord. Just, yes, Lord, I need you. I need you as my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to have everyone say this prayer with me. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Maybe you need to come back to Jesus. Maybe you've been backslidden. Maybe you've been cold. Maybe you've been offended or hurt or whatever it is. It's time to get that right with the Lord today. So I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father God, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And Father God, revive me. Renew me. Restore me. Set me on fire to do the wondrous works of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
If you need anything, I'll be out at guest services this morning. Come and talk to me. I'll pray with you, whatever you need. And don't forget, next Sunday, no church. Jump online, share that, uh, that uh, online church service, and we'll see you uh, the following week, okay? God bless you guys. Let's welcome Pastor Paul.